Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreated Media Podcast. This is episode 160 this week in particular. It feels like we've got a lot of TV-related things, so that mixed with the internet being taken over by the Peacemaker intro of all things, as us kind of... Sitting back and going, okay, what's the best TV intros of all time? These could be theme songs, intros, whatever kind of gets you excited for a great 30 minutes or an hour of television. That's what's going to be on the list. Um, And Josh and I tried our best to kind of mix it up from different eras and not just have our nostalgic childhood picks, but be forewarned that's probably going to dominate a good chunk of this. But um, (laughs) Josh, how are you doing tonight? (laughs) I'm chilling, my dude. I, uh, yeah, like the list ended up being a lot more, uh, early 2000, early to mid 2000s cartoons that I intended. But like the more and more I dived into like a good, like lists of good best TV intros, the more and more those came, came up because they're just so good. Uh, it's a lost yeah, art I'm nowadays. Great. It really is, unfortunately, which is, I think, why peacemakers stood out i i don't know about you i forgot to text you last night but uh i finished the third episode last night and i have 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 uh questions and and like just laughing a little bit the show's very funny anyway uh i'm doing pretty good we just finished uh on the harry potter journey, journey with my mom we finished goblet of fire last night the second best um, one yeah see i go back and forth between prisoner and uh oh i do uh, like prisoner I think it's just because uh, I like Goblet of Fire so much as a book that I enjoy the I movie. I see, and I'm, I'm... Oh, that is something I started this week. I finally downloaded the audiobook for Chamber of Secrets, so I'm making my way through Chamber of Secrets now, which is awesome. Um, God, dude. Like, I've seen my mom cry, but when uh, Diggory Cedric's dad goes, That's oh, my, boy. my boy! I, like, I saw her hands, like... Beach cried before, but her hands went over her mouth, and she was like, oh, no, like, oh, dude. Mm. Unfortunately, she is, like, she feels emotion on, like, an intense scale. So, like, we really can only do these, like, one one movie a week because <laughs> she needs, like, downtime, especially now because, like, God, dude, like, it is, like. It's only going to get heavier only gonna get heavier especially and i i told her i was like next one should be a little easier because it's a little less like dark magic and except for you know the the seriously dark ending yeah i mean there's that yes i also i just god i hate dolores on bridge i just (laughs) wanna i just if there was ever a, a character I wanted to punch in the face, it's Dolores. I, I, I forget where I read it, but the stand. greatest description I've ever heard, it might have been from the actress the, herself, that described Dolores Umbridge as a mixture of Margaret Thatcher and Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Just, God, I hate it. it just, mm, golly. So I did that this week. Um, we talked about... How Boba Fett has lost us? Uh, yeah, I'm lost. I just, I feel bad... Cause like it just. Tamora Morrison is it, trying. Ming Na is awesome, yeah, and she's trying. It's obvious that there's a lot of love put into the show, but the story itself doesn't isn't capturing me. It's like yeah. I can see a crime, a western crime drama, in there, but it's trying to do both genres separately at the same time, which doesn't necessarily work. And I just I don't know. Yeah. Um, I will say. 
those people saying that Peacemaker is a masterpiece, I think are kind of like being really overexcited about it. I agree. I'm, that is, I is, I is a, it's a good show. Yes. Uh, I think if you're going to say masterpiece, let's finish the season first. Yes. So, yeah, let's talk about Peacemaker like, real quick. Um, I'm glad that they dropped the first three episodes because if they mm-hmm. dropped it weekly, I don't know if I would have made it to episode three. I'm not saying the first two yes. are bad, but it was smart to drop the first three because I got by the end of the third one. I'm going, okay, this is the direction we're taking the story because the first two episodes felt a bit aimless and felt a little too set up Um <laughs> That being said, there's some good jokes in there. I love the whole Berenstein, Berenstain Bears argument. Yes. It kind of felt like that's was just James Gunn scrolling through Twitter that day and seeing everyone react to the Mandela effect and going, I'm going to put that in my script. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, it's good just, so far. You know, casual uh, references to Batmite, whatever. Oh, it's yeah, fine. I flipped. I popped I was, so I hard. I popped so hard. I was like, I literally paused it and was like, did we just reference the most throwaway character of all time in DC, the DC universe, like what in the world? Yeah, <laughs> this is great. It's um, Peacemaker is good s- so far. It's yeah, it's, yeah. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. Like so many people are like, it's a nine out of ten. It's a ten out of ten. I'm going. It's a seven out of ten. It's good. It at times maybe it's just my style. It feels a little too Deadpooly at times of like yeah. crude for the sake of crude. And I don't mind crude humor so long as, like, The Suicide Squad, there was crude humor to further a story and it fit in the scene. Whereas sometimes in Peacemaker, it feels like there's jokes just to have said joke as opposed to them actually belonging in the scene. Yeah, I, so, and here's the thing. This is, I think, why I have can't even consider it a masterpiece at this point. It, I think a strong 7 out of 10 is, is a good point, is a good, uh... Good settling point. Um, Peacemaker as a character, uh, uh, while interesting and funny, we're going to have to see some growth from him This it, in order for this show to work. Because if he stays... the Growth from set, the rest of the characters, too. Because the rest of the characters yeah. kind of have some room for improvement, except for Adebayo. She's great. She's great. But, like, as a character, he's got... Like, I can't sit here and root for... A character who's so blatantly racist and sexist, um, including um, while you know, his dad comes off as this evil dude, so you kind of like give him a little bit of a pass. You're like, oh no, like you are an evil prick. Like that's okay, I get that. But whereas Pe- Peacemaker has this such like likable quality about him, it kind of like I at least maybe it's my personal desire. Like I understand he's supposed to be a quote unquote antihero, but he's got a just in today's world especially having a openly gay character on your show it just feels like look here's an opportunity to, well you know what maybe that's the point here's an opportunity to have discourse on very sensitive topics in the middle of a deadpool-esque show like which i don't can, yeah see i don't see that happening that can though. work but i can't see i can't see that happening so i'll we will see what happens there's three episodes out right now uh yeah, so I'm just straight chilling, man. Um, you watching oh, anything else? Yes. Uh, so we were scrolling. We meet. So we've had a couple snowstorms recently up here. This kind of shut everything down. I had like to wear a, a hoodie so. yesterday. Oh, in Florida? 
Are well, you okay? I should have worn a hoodie, but I forgot it at home <laughs> going, I'm going to be fine. For clarification, in college, I was not the shorts kid. Every, every college has a shorts kid that's just like, it's not that cold. I wasn't that kid. I was just like, I don't need a jacket. Out for two hours. I should have brought a jacket. But proceed, yeah. snowman. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if I sent you the picture. We legit, like... Um, couple days ago made a uh, like a fortress out of snow in our front yard and like put, made like a not very good replica snowman of betty white and it was just it was it was real funny but uh yeah we so we've had a uh, had a lot of downtime like a lot of family and my brother caleb was scrolling through things through netflix being just looking for shows or something to watch and uh, we came across a show that I hadn't thought about and hadn't realized that I hadn't finished it in the series of unfortunate events show on Netflix. Mm. And I was like, Oh, it has three seasons. I have a vivid remember memory of watching see like binging season one in a, in like a day and being like, okay, when's the next one? And they just kind of forgot about it. Uh, so I, I, I've dived back into that. So I'm making my way back through season one and then so I can get into the next two seasons. Because it was one of those shows like I really did enjoy and so I figured I might as well finish it. You know what I mean? Nice. I've been, I've been Netflixing. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, but in the every once in a while, by that I mean a daily occurrence, I'll deep dive down a YouTube rabbit hole and somehow I ended up in a deep analysis of the works of Bo Burnham. And so I'm just like, I've heard some Bo Burnham songs before. Let me actually watch some Bo Burnham. So I watched his, I think his 2016 special called Make Happy. I laughed. And by the end of it, though, I'm questioning my entire life and how I view him as a comedian, but in a good way of like his last song that he sends people off on, like really got me thinking like way too much. Have you seen that one, Josh? I haven't. I've been meaning to, but... So without, it's not a spoiler, but like his last song, he like tries to actually get emotional with it and try and send people off with a message. And there's a line at the end that always sticks with me and has been in my head for like the last week that it was, um, come and watch the skinny kid with a steadily declining mental health, try and give you the one thing that he cannot give himself. And I'm just going, jeez. And so he doesn't do a special for another five years. When he was actually supposed to do a comedy special, but then COVID hit. So he did this whole, like, big, long special all from his house in one room called Inside. And I was expecting mm-hmm. to really, really laugh. It's kind of a tough watch because it's <laughs> in the best possible way. Like like a really tough – it's more of a drama than anything else of – Yeah. It's him watching his own stuff at times, just kind of him – analyzing himself in kind of almost like a honey boy sense of way it felt like him going through his own catharsis which is really fascinating to watch uh but then lastly i watched probably one of the best movies of last year and now heather's raving about to people in her family that they need to see it too tick tick boom holy (gasps) crap andrew garfield better win some awards for this movie acting is phenomenal his singing is outstanding Standing. I'm I've been on record several times on the podcast that I'm not a big Lynn Manuel fan. I wasn't the biggest fan of In the Heights. Um he's basically just like, I brought hip hop to musicals. I'm gonna stick with that. However, he directed <laughs> Tick Tick Boom. And if that's kind of his directing style going forward, 
he's going to have a heck of a career as a director because there's so many interesting choices that he makes as a director that I just loved with Tick, Tick, Boom. I loved the movie so much. I thought Andrew Garfield's performance was outstanding. His singing has been stuck in my head for about a week now because it's just so good. And the fact that he had no singing experience before this movie was outstanding. Like, mm-hmm. dude's going to win an Oscar sooner rather than later. That's awesome. Yeah, because that's... You, I know... I know that you know. <laughs> but I'm not telling that the truth. Hey, set that uh, up for later. Gosh. Um, God, now that's stuck in my head. <laughs> you know, um, Come on, son. No, the, the, that, that's, the Tick, Tick, Boom's been on my list for, for quite some time. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. It's Mainly because so like, I know that my brother and my mom, would, one of my brothers and my mom would really appreciate it because they're into mu- musicals. Um God, I just yeah, cool. It's good to know that it's actually it's actually as good as I think it is. It's excellent. It's so good. good. Rock on. So let's get into some news, shall we, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. So this one, I, I'm kind of mixed on, but it's mostly positive, at least for me. And that is, we have our first official trailer for Disney Plus's Moon Knight. Now it did, but didn't kind of come out of nowhere. We heard rumblings that it was going to debut March 30th, and so we're kind of thinking, okay, need to drop a trailer soon. And then, like, either Saturday or Sunday night, they're just like, Moon Knight trailer coming Monday Night Football during the wildcard playoff game. We're going, okay, that was fast. This trailer is so drastically different for Marvel, and I think that's a big part of the reason why I liked it so much. But at the same time, I kind of wanted more from this trailer, but I don't know what more I was expecting. Like, it it doesn't give a whole lot of plot away, but it very much gives a very interesting atmosphere of what to expect for this show that I'm really liking. Um, anything with Oscar Isaac, I will see in a heartbeat because that man is outstanding. But I think, looking at this trailer, I think the real MVP of this show is going to be Ethan Hawke. Um, <laughs> he looks great. Now, here's the thing. Um, maybe it's just because it's Ethan Hawke and he's got a connection with this guy. But I think it would have been much more interesting. Granted, we haven't seen the show yet to know. But we know Scott Derrickson left Doctor Strange 2 because it wasn't horror enough. Gosh, I would have been interested to see if Marvel's just like, well, okay. Do you want to do Moon Knight instead? You can reteam with your buddy Ethan Hawke. Because imagine if Scott Derrickson, the guy who did Sinister, did Moon Knight. Because I'm already getting creepy vibes from this. I know they've said Doctor Strange will be the first quote-unquote horror movie in the MCU. This feels like the first horror project. Um, Now, Moon Knight also has one of the most difficult costumes to translate to the big screen. Because white just is hard to translate. Like, if you have an all-white anything. And clearly, they've dirtied it up a little bit. I like how they've treated this costume. Uh, it looks just like the comic, but a little updated, so it's not, like, blindingly white like it is at times yeah. on the pages. Um, Josh, you saw the trailer for Moon Knight. What would you think? So, I think what's interesting about this trailer is, if you know nothing about Moon Knight, it's kind of like, oh, this guy's got, like, like schizo- he's schizophrenia. He's got some different personalities going that's super interesting. Oh, he's leaving stuff. Certain personalities are leaving stuff for other personalities. Like, I kind of got, like, a Fight Club vibe-esque 
going a little bit where he's like, guys, I can't sleep and I don't know why, but like, no, like you can't sleep because you're all, somebody's always switching at the altar. Um, but yeah, I just, oh, so cool. And then it's like, oh, and he's going to be a superhero, I guess is how you want to call it. I, I feel like Moon Knight would be closer to an anti-hero than most of what the stuff that we consider anti-heroes to be. He's just, ah, oh, the costume's so good, too. Like, I got... Hey, um, at least he gets white eyes. Yes, which tells us, hey, it can look good. Wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, like, some of the effects are really, really cool. I get very... Uh, this is going to be so dumb. There was a TV show. I think... It, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was just called Mummies. But, like, there was, like, these... It was kind of like a Transformer-esque show, but all the characters were mummies. Anyway, there's an effect. Oh, yeah. Did I, I just think I know yeah, what you're talking about. It's like Beetle something. Beetleborgs. Yeah. Beetleborgs? No. Nah, I don't know. I'll, I'll maybe. See if I'll, I'm I'll, thinking of something else. I'll find, you. I'll, 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 I'll find a, an image. But anyway, just the way that his costume, like, envelops him, and I'm sure this is intentional, is very, like, mummy-esque. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, Dude, well, it's just so cool. There's Egyptian like, lore there, so. What? So my little brother, the one that I want to watch Tick Tick Boom, was like, "Yeah, it looks cool. I'm just not sure what what it's about or who Moon Knight is." And I was like, "Look, think of it this way: this is Marvel's version of Batman. He's got split personalities, and there's Egyptian gods involved." And he was like. Oh yeah, now I'm definitely on board. And I was like, I know it looks so good, and I just, I'm super intrigued. I I don't know where we're going. I'm, I have had a Moon Knight comic book like, tucked away on my Amazon shopping list. I'm think I was gonna get it to kind of read up before the show, but honestly, I think I might wait just to kind of experience the. Now show that there's a Moon Knight trailer, eyes. the comics I'm sure more expensive. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, and that, see, like that's the other thing. It's like uh, I'm finding is like Moon Knight and like Kyle Rayner um, comics are really hard to find, and it's it's kind of annoying. So, I said on the Loki series, I just need Owen Wilson to say "Wow" at one point, and he never does. But that's probably because they have multiple seasons, and so they know fans want that, and they're gonna drag it out. Um, yep. Kevin Feige's been really into fan service lately, so Kevin Feige. Fan service me in this way with Moon Knight at some point. I need him to have an encounter, and Josh will probably tell where I'm going with this. I need him to have an encounter with Dracula and say, "Yes, where's my money, Dracula? Because there's a famous <laughs> comic panel of him like descending stairs like a Universal Monsters movie almost. And he's just like, where's my effing money, Dracula? And I'm I like... Just- what? I just need it. That's like the running or, uh, joke in Marvel Comics. There's another one where he like calls up the Avengers and Spider-Man, he's just like He's not here. He's not even an Avenger. We don't owe you any money. Oh. Okay. And he like hangs up like the whole time Moon Knight just wants Dracula and Dracula's money, which according to some interesting Blade rumors, might be on the horizon soon, but I don't know if I nice. trust those sources. Um which I won't delve into specific the rumors that I saw, but there's some rumors out there that I'm going, that doesn't seem likely at all. That seems a little too out there. Well, I saw some pictures earlier today that I'm going, holy crap, that's actually true? Like, 
<laughs> I won't say what it was, but I'm going that. that no way. Not moon. Not, not yeah. Moon Knight related. But I'm going. Are are we actually going to do that? Um, but Moon Knight. I think there's a chance that this is the Iron Man to the underworld of the MCU, mm-hmm. so to speak, because we know Blade is coming by Mahershala Ali. There's rumors of a certain uncaged individual making his grand return back to the MCU with a flaming skull uh, in the near horizon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more underworld-related characters, and this is kind of our first taste of it. Um, I I like the tone that this is setting. This feels creepy, and I like creepy. Oh, absolutely. I also need a uh, a random BS go. Yes, I do. I just need that to like that's like iconic Moon Knight. Uh, I just yeah. It'll the trailer got me amped. I'm down absolutely. It's gonna be one. I if the trail if the show is as good as what the trailers makes it seem, this might end up being one of my favorite Marvel series so far. So, for the past three weeks on the podcast, we've talked about different updates with the Batgirl movie, because that's filming right now, and there's been a lot of set photos. Well, now we have an actual official photo of what Leslie Grace will look like in the upcoming Batgirl in the Batgirl suit, and it caused caused quite a bit of stir online. I like it quite a bit. I don't mind this suit at all. This is actually more or less exactly what i was expecting from this suit now some people have been like it looks too cw it looks too leather i'm going i think that's more of the lighting because there's been some other pictures that i sent josh today that have come out and it looks a lot better and i think it all comes down to lighting and angles on it um this looks exactly like the new 52 batgirl of burnside which I like that suit a lot. That's the that's the pop I have is that version of just street level clothes. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that it's a superhero origin movie, which means safe bet that there's going to be at least two superhero suits. So if you don't like this one, just wait till she gets her final suit. You can also say the same thing about Robert Pattinson's Batman suit. Y'all that like the suit that he's got currently, be prepared for an upgrade. I'm marking that down now. Um... I really don't mind this suit. I really don't think it's that bad. Um, it does look a little CW-ish, but again, I've chalked it up more to the angle. Uh, I will say also this picture highlights her red hair more because there's been some other pictures that I've seen that looks more brown, but this lo- looks more like natural red hair. Um, I like it. It looks good. looks interesting. It, they had to do it because they're doing outside shooting, so... They had to release at, some, at least some point a picture of what it looks like. Again, I yeah. I bet you she, she's going to get a different upgraded suit at a later point. But for a homemade suit, which is what I'm imagining this is, looks spot on to the comics and the versions of Batgirl that I know. Yeah. No, yeah. I have no issue with it at all. Um, I think it, it's a good suit that kind of doesn't like right off the bat it doesn't give her something that is a black widow-esque that is like Mm. too form too form fitting or anything like that it lets her develop the character before being unfortunately eventually sexualized so i I don't know batgirl has never really had any sexualized costumes 
Yeah, that's fair, I guess. I see, okay, but like the Batgirl, the Batman wouldn't. Well, I was about to say Batman wouldn't allow it, but we know Batgirl and yeah. Batman have had weird killing joke history. Let's. Mm. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But <sighs> I like, try I, to forget that. I personally, when it comes to Batgirl, I'm, I'm a cat, uh, Cassandra Kane kind of kind of guy with the, the the complete face covering and like the stitching on it, like that. To me that's the Batgirl I know so like I, as far but as far as this goes I'm down sure why not that looks like the traditional Batgirl um especially if this is Barbara Gordon like yeah absolutely let's go and I've been saying it for weeks but I'm I'm re- really fully expecting a Robin slash Nightwing casting by the yeah. end of this month or by the end of February at the very latest now that we've because I'm a greedy fan now that we've gotten what yeah. she looks like in the costume can you please show us what Brendan Fraser looks like as Firefly? Because I'm really, really curious what that'll look like. Is Will he have, like, his mask will be like a fireman's mask? Because if I remember correctly, wasn't Firefly an ex-firefighter or something like that? I think that? it kind of depend, it depends on which origin you follow, I think. I think what will be interesting to me, and because we don't know much about what Brendan has really been up to, because cos- cosmetics have been... And like like uh, cosmetic effects have been getting really good these days. I'm always curious if Brendan is gonna lose weight for this. No, and gonna probably not. see. Who knows? He's gonna have man. some nasty I, burns. I bet, like Freddy Krueger looking. I I would be. I bet. I'd bet that as well. But like a lot of people were like, "Oh, you mean his character from Doom from Doom Patrol, where he's actually pretty chubby?" And I'm like, you know, that could. Easily, I mean, I know it's. Brendan. He's already has lost some weight, but I think that's oh, for yeah. other movies. I agree. I'm not. I, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying he should be absolutely jacked out of his mind for this role. It's just Firefly. It's okay. And honestly, at this point, I'm just happy that Brendan Fraser's acting again. Yeah. Um, and from what we heard, he's not the only villain in the movie. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, how awesome would it be? If he like is absolutely jacked out of his mind, I just he's getting, back like, to George of the Jungle shape. Yeah, George of the Jungle, Brendan Fraser all over again. Like, oh, dude, no, say less. Uh, I w- <laughs> good Commissioner Gordon's not the only one that's jacked out of his mind <laughs> for no reason. Now, uh, I also feel pretty confident saying this will not be the final Batgirl suit because in the concept art that was actually officially shown at DC Fandom, the costume looked different, which makes me kind of further solidify. I think this is a homemade suit that she makes. And then I wouldn't be surprised if the final version of her suit looks more like the Arkham Knight version where it's much more armored, maybe a black and gold look because I'm more familiar with Batgirl having... A purple and gold color scheme but to be fair that hasn't always been the mo we have had like the gray at times um more black depends on who's currently working on that character so to speak um so i i really don't mind this suit i like the casting i'm just looking forward to seeing more stuff from this because this batgirl movie over the past mm, two months has gone from I'm mildly interested in it, too. I feel like every DC person has their eyes on this going, we don't know what's actually happening, and we probably won't get clarification until after The Flash. But we're at least a little bit interested. Yeah. 
I think what I the one of the other things outside of the Robin casting I would like to see here in a few months would be what Michael Keaton's bat bat suit's going to look like. Besides like a what, mural. Yeah. What there's because there's no way they're just gonna take the OG suit and just leave it at that, at that. There's no way you're not gonna update that. At least in my mind. But who knows, man? Like this, like you said, I think a lot of a lot of DC fans are look, looking at this movie a little bit more closer closely. Indeed. Now, a news story that I never thought the day would come. But we can finally rejoice in something. And it seems like we are getting more real steel. Now, for those that don't know what real steel is, you are part of the problem because real steel underperformed at the box office of what it should have done. Um, And also, before we really get into this, this isn't set in stone yet, but it seems very, very likely it's in very early stages that a real steel series is in the works for Disney Plus. I have wanted this for a really long time. Josh, when do we think the real first real steel came out? Let me look it up real quick. Real um, I'm going to say Got it. I want to say mid mid 2000s. 2011. So it's been oh, 10 wow. years since the first real steel. First, the only real steel. Um, Real Steel was one of those movies that all the trailers kind of looked bad. It just looked like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. There's a whole bunch of Rock'em Sock'em Robots Mm -hmm. jokes, and then you actually see the movie, and it's really, really good. Sean Levy is the king of, eh, doesn't look that great, and way over-delivering. He just did it with Free Guy. He did it before with Night at the Museum, which I still think is kind of underappreciated. Um... I've always wanted to continue the world of Real Steel because it sets up such an interesting world of there's no actual boxing anymore and they're all controlled by robots. And it fluctuates of, like, you can make your own, you can buy your own. The world that they set up was interesting. It didn't go full Blade Runner of... It's completely sci-fi. It still feels very much lived in. Um, We haven't heard any news officially yet if Hugh Jackman or Sean Levy will come back. But I feel like if it was a few months ago that we talked about Sean Levy wanting to come back for more Real Steel and Hugh Jackman and he, whenever they get together, talk about making another one. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Levy comes back, if nothing else, as a producer. And maybe Hugh Jackman comes on as a producer, but I'm not sure. This is encouraging that they're at least weighing their options because to me this has been a franchise that needs more follow-ups. I enjoyed the first one a lot more than I thought I would. Um, maybe the kid, um, I forget what the kid's name is in it, but maybe he's an adult who's, I don't know, has his own boxing league or something, and he's kind of the background character that's the catalyst for some other stories going forward. Um, but Josh, you see a Real Steel series is in the works. Thoughts? Dude, let's go. Absolutely, let's go. I'm so, like, Like you said, um, it has been, what, we said 10 years? Yeah. 10 years since the last one. Um, so there's just so, like he's, there's so many possibilities. Uh, I don't need, I don't need uh, uh, Hugh to be in this. I honestly, I almost wonder if, so just pitching off the top of my head here. Let's say something happens 
in which Hugh is no longer around. You could say he died of a heart attack because of his bad living, whatever. Um, he's just he's his character is no longer in the in the picture. So we have our grown up kid who is like you said running a a gym, uh, and I just like get this Cobra Kai vibe from it that, that like possibilities wise. I, Says I the dude know, that hasn't just, watched Cobra Kai. It's on my. I'm, as soon as I'm done. Like and you can quote me on this because I'm saying it on the pod. As soon that as means done nothing. With... <laughs> oh, also speaking of things it's... that have been said on the pod. Speaking of things that have been said on the pod. Oh, oh. what was that you said, Josh, about uh, the scream being one of the biggest financial flops of the year? Oh uh, yeah. As it overtook Spider-Man at the box office this weekend and made a pretty healthy yeah. thirty-five million. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Continue. But how? But how good is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I just there's a lot. I like as soon as I'm done and series of unfortunate events, I'm planning on getting. It's seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That means nothing. <laughs> that literally means nothing. <laughs> like, like you and I both know that you can't. No, that really actually means a lot for that means a lot for a horror movie to get that high. I mean, I guess, sure. Josh just There's cannot only... concede a win to Scream. Like, no, because it's Scream. I don't like. It. I don't like the movie. Do you want me to I call Five like Cream instead? You know what? Fine, I'll go and see it, and then I'll tell you how terrible it is. I'm hoping that? to see it this week. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Just I'll, like I was okay. hoping to see Real Steel sequel. Haha. Segway. <laughs> Segway. Um. Yeah. I just. I think this is the best avenue for it, rather than. Uh, it's one of the things I think that I'm excited for that people are figuring out that shows have a tendency to be able to tell better stories than a movie outing and i'm all about that i mean yes i know they need more original content on their on dc plus on dc, DC plus disney plus but like this is it man I'm, I'm down for it so i know the original was already kind of but not fully this concept but what would you think real steel meets iron giant slash bumblebee of lone character discovers rundown old piece of equipment and that's more or less his only friend. So the so the movie. See, it's different though because I, no, the movie does that. Though. Doesn't he control <laughs> the robot though? He controls the robot. The robot doesn't isn't a free thinking a robot. A little bit until they find they realize about halfway through the movie that the the robot's kind of sentient. Which bit. the movies, the movie I don't know. At least the trailers to me, I remember watching the movie thinking, oh, this is not the direction that the trailer showed at all. It. Because in the trailers, you see Hugh Jackman doing the moves and the robot executing them, like mirroring them. But for most of the movie, you control it like a game. I'm going, oh, yeah, that's so fair. that's not the solution for Hugh Jackman's beat up state? Because I thought that was a really interesting concept of kind of you are your emotions are what controls the the robot. So maybe maybe we take that approach. I would like that. I'm yeah, I, they do kind of say at the end that he's kind of that Adam is uh, semi sentient and like has feelings and stuff like that. So I I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens, man. I'm open to it, super open to it. Maybe not as open as our next story, though. Speaking of semi sentient, 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I actually hate this as much as Josh, but it it does seem kind of odd nonetheless. I hope you're in the holiday spirit still, because we've got Christmas-related news as Disney Plus once again is devoid of original ideas, so they just want to nostalgia-bait you, in which case, I hope you like Scott Kelvin, because we're bringing him back for more Santa Claus, as Tim Allen is returning as Scott Kelvin for his Santa Claus limited series. That, to me, is the biggest red flag of limited series. If you say a Disney Plus original movie, okay, I'm interested in that, because as much as I'm not looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2, because I hate the original, that makes sense as a Disney Plus movie, not a Disney Plus series. This, I think, could have been a Disney Plus movie. However, I think Josh is against the idea. I'm for the idea because the synopsis sounds interesting to me. When you say Tim Allen's coming back to Scott Calvin, not interested. But they said Scott Calvin this time around is like a 65-year-old man who's debating whether or not he even wants to be Santa anymore and spend the remaining years of his life with his family, and he's looking for his replacement. Going, that's not a bad idea. But the alarm bells in my brain immediately just go, so Charlie then. To which I posted yeah. that on Twitter, and some uh, one a friend of a podcast, uh, Matt Dahlberg, suggested the redhead girl from Santa Claus Room going, dang it, that makes more sense. Um, but on a dark side of things, Disney will never do this. But Disney, you established the rules that there can only be one. So if we want a new Santa, Charlie's going to have to murder his father. <laughs> so... The murder clause. <laughs> You could. Uh, mm, mm, I'm really resi- resisting the urge to drag Tim Allen's political beliefs into this sphere. Which, um, which I love shooting down people that are just like the reason Tim Allen didn't come back for light years because of his political beliefs, and Disney doesn't want to work with him anymore. I'm going. This this show, <laughs> this this show exists. So clearly, it wasn't that, and clearly, Lightyear is just. A different character, so they needed a different. Uh, that's my weird rant for the day about that. Well, but like they, they act like like Lightyear hasn't already been voiced by somebody else. Um, and done it better. Yep. We will oh, talk wow, about Buzz Lightyear of Star Command later. Ah, dude, let's go. Uh, Skilled, but courageous and ever vigilant. How crazy would it be if <laughs> if Scott Calvin dies of COVID, and that's why they have to find a new one? I just... He's not dead. He has to look for the new Santa. I... I can't stand... I just can't... Look, man, the first couple... Like, okay, the I'll first say this. one. The, the, the first... Uh, I, I will say this. No, 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 no. So, there are a few of the Santa Clauses I actually legitimately enjoy. The first one. The first one's good. It's not the one with what Jack Frost. That's the, the third one. one. That's the escape clause. Yeah, I think it's the second one I actually kind of enjoy. That one's not uh, too anyway, bad. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Um, and I think the, they did one after three. No, they didn't. They've only done three. Okay, well, no. Well, wait, there's three, the one when they have the, the fake Santa? That's Jack Frost. No, that's two. Okay, it's cool. Two so is the one I with the like terrifying that. Tim Allen as a rubberized. Dude, that is horrifying. <laughs> Or, you know, tell him, tell, tell him on political beliefs. Anyway, um... Let's not go there, Josh. That's not what this show's <laughs> I'm about. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate Tim so much. Uh, 
But yeah, no, I just, I like the first two. I don't understand, I guess. So what's the clause? The, uh, the, uh, um, um, the, the, the continuation clause, the, um, we need more money clause, the, we don't have any original ideas clause. The JPEG clause. The, the cha- yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? I just, and especially like this being announced now, wouldn't it, when is this show supposed to come out? The summer? Well, you got to think it takes a while. They just announced this. They don't need to start filming or working on it at all. I wouldn't be surprised if it Dude, comes I'm out. Dude, I'm just bitter. Comes out Christmas <laughs> next year. I, my number one thing is with this, I bet you anything they announced this because Disney Plus original content, Christmas themed on Disney Plus, is awful. Let's not forget yes. when Disney Plus first launched. Disney, we still have not forgiven you for this. When they launched, they had a couple original movies. The first one that they advertised the most was Anna Kendrick's Noel. God, that movie's awful. And I don't think they really have any good original Disney Plus Christmas content. And I, other platforms have the Christmas classics. HBO Max has Christmas Vacation, at least they did this year. They had, if you want to consider Polo Express, which I do not, a Christmas classic, you could watch it on HBO Max. You could watch Elf there. Peacock has some of the old stuff. Disney, I don't think has the rights to any of the like classic stuff so they're trying to mine the classics that they do actually have the rights for so you know we're gonna have a spin-off movie about the waitress from denny's that served them and get her origin story <laughs> see like but like i have my family loves uh, i don't know if you've ever seen um prep and landing and that is that both of those are on uh, on Disney Plus, and I enjoy the crap out of those. But uh, it's about the elves that get the houses ready for Santa. And yeah, it's pretty cool. How is it not but a Phineas yeah, and Ferb like, Christmas special? More... No. Oh, yeah. How is it not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I don't care for Tim. So I, and I don't necessarily, especially, like, with how two and three went, I don't particularly care for Scott Calvin either. So it, it is what it is, man. I mean, they do need more original, quote-unquote, original Disney movies, but on plus, but whatever. Dude. All right, for our last news topic today, let's talk about the most random news you will hear this dude. week, barring any, like, insanely bizarre things um we're getting a weird al yankovic biopic for the roku channel and weird al will be played by daniel radcliffe and immediately this movie hype goes to the top of my hype list not even joking (laughs) because josh and i have said before daniel radcliffe is one of our favorite actors and honestly at this stage in his career i think we can say he's one of the more underrated actors because people still view him as Harry Potter. And I think, unfortunately, that's going to follow him for the rest of his life. But he's done such a good job of expanding his horizons. It doesn't always work out, Guns Akimbo. But since he's got all the money in the world, he's totally free to do whatever wild movie comes across his path. And he does that. Um, and most of the time, he knocks it out of the park. I still say to this day, one of the most underrated horror movies is his The Woman in Black. I love The Woman yes. in Black. Um, and then Josh and I will always sing the praises of Swiss Army Man. He's outstanding in that. Um, we just love Daniel Radcliffe, and I can't wait for him to be our new Wolverine. I'm not letting that. I'm not <laughs> Stop. letting that go. Stop. But compound that with 
I don't know if I've ever spoken on a podcast about it, but I have as a awkward, socially awkward white guy that loves pop culture. I naturally love Weird Al. I have so many Weird Al songs memorized. If I was ever in like a karaoke scenario and I have to belt my heart out for something, I'm going with the saga begins because <laughs> it's just fantastic. That or Ode to a Superhero, which is a perfect Spider-Man song. Or even don't download this song. We don't sing that enough. And that's age like fine wine in this digital age. I love Weird Al a lot. Um, he's just one of those like positive presences in the music industry that I feel like everyone everyone loved Betty White. I feel like everyone loves Weird Al just because he's that really funny, just cool dude that's never in trouble. He's always really funny and entertaining. That being said... What's the story of his biopic? Is it going to be like every other biopic? Like, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, has forever ruined biopics for me of they're all so formulaic and the same. Is the story of Weird Al any different? You're never going to go anywhere with that accordion. You watch, Dad, sitting on the back of a bus, <laughs> just going, what should I do with my career? Hey! And then he starts playing another one rides the bus. Roll credits. Dude. There's your movie. Dude. Okay, but hear me out. Did you lose on Jeopardy? No. Uh, first of all, I love the the pick the like mental picture that I got of you being like held at gunpoint and like, man, we're gonna kill your whole family unless you do a karaoke karaoke song. I got you. Weird out. Long, long time ago. <laughs> In a galaxy far away. Exactly. <laughs> Dang it, that's like, going to be my like, the rest of the episode. <laughs> I it's like just held at gunpoint, and like all of a sudden the the uh, the, the like the kidnapper starts singing along, and it's just being. Like, I know more Weird Al songs than their actual original versions. Dude. So like Backstreet Boys, <laughs> I want it that way. I can sing it. I want it that way. I bought on eBay, Tim Hawkins Subway, or Slash Streets. I'll kill you that way. And my hidden talent is I can alternate which song it is at any given moment. I'm useful. But like, <laughs> but like to to that point though, like American Pie is I I don't know the lyrics to that song. <laughs> Me neither. But when when you play the melody, I think of uh, an adventure beginning. Oh, the saga begins. The saga begins. It was like ah, dude, or like I'm white, like, like nerdy. I'm the guy. Maybe Vader someday. Just, like, fantastic stuff. So hear me out. What if they're using biopic very, very loosely? Because technically, Pick of Destiny is a quote-unquote biopic of Tenacious D. So what if we got like a cross between Pick of Destiny and, um, oh, geez. UHF. The the, uh, Bill and Ted Adventures do a cross of those two movies in a quote-unquote biopic style with Weird Al Yankovic. However, the, I, I don't think they'll do it because this is for the Roku channel. Yeah, it's weird. But so, it's just cool. If it's going to be a musical comedy, you know Dave Grohl has to cameo in this somewhere because... Dude. Because Dave Grohl... Speaking of- have you seen the movie? Yes, six six six. And I like wanna, I want to watch the crap out of it. It looks so funny. Oh, dude, let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. I like Weird Al a lot, even if it's Roku Channel. 
I don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out because it's Weird Al <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe. It's in a pairing that's it's weird enough that it just might work, but it also could colossally fail, but I don't care. It's Weird Al. Yeah. So this week's I, episode... I think the only thing... Hmm? What? My bad. <laughs> You're good. What? Close no, it out. I was going to say, the only thing I want... I, the only thing I, I want from uh, from Daniel Radcliffe at this point is a uh, a movie about him playing Daniel Radcliffe playing Elijah Wood against Again? the villain you that is saying. Elijah Elijah Wood playing like that's so funny. Come on, I'm a dude anyway. playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> so this week's episode, as per usual, is sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all your Uncharted Media needs. We've got five awesome designs you can choose from. You can get a retro design of us watching Halloween. You can get one with the Uncharted logo. You can see Josh is a mad dog. Uh, it, it's better than it. It's I'm describing it as. But anything Uncharted related that you want: hoodies, T-shirts, notebooks, stickers, uh, canvas paintings i don't know it's all there at t public check it out just help out the show support your local media local media your uncharted media support your local podcast if you will now let's get into tv show intros the proper thing to judge a tv show by because a show is really only as good as its intro and how much it can hook you in with its amazing jingle now a lot of the ones we're going to talk about today are kids shows and i feel like that's because Kids have a shorter attention span. And also, I don't have as many modern ones because the art of the TV intro, I feel like, has kind of gone by the wayside because you get a lot of, all right, we need to condense this down. We need to, with like Netflix or Disney Plus having a skip intro option, you get a lot of people just going, okay, so not as much attention to detail is paid to it. Like, um, I was talking to a friend last night, and he suggested Stranger Things, and I'm going, it's it's good enough, but at the same time, I feel like the Stranger Things intro was unfortunately made to be skipped, because it's good 80s synth-style music, but at the same time, not so great, like the Peacemaker one. You cannot skip Peacemaker's intro. That is amazing, and do you really want to taste it? It has been in my brain, like, on loop ever since that episode dropped. It's so good, but it makes you stick with the show so that's the point of a good tv show intro and i've done enough rambling so let's talk about the best of the best josh where do we even start with this um do you want to get some of the the netflix ones out of the way here because uh sure because i don't have any okay because i and i agree with your point that some of the most of the netflix's uh intros are kind of built to be skipped um however I will say the first 10 episodes or so, if I find it hard to skip both the Daredevil and the Punisher intros. They're just so fascinating to watch, especially with Daredevil, like watching all of the stuff, like the everything melts over other, other surfaces. It's just, it's so fascinating. And especially the song and the Punisher one. God, so cool. Like, it's just hard to skip them after at least the first 10 episodes because it, it does feel like a part of the experience. Uh, now that I think about it, I do have one honorable mention Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House. When you're going oh, through true. The, when you're going through the diorama of the house and the fantastic music as you pass like the different statues and everything else, I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, 
not like an all-time great, but just like everything else with Haunting of Hill House, that intro is made with meticulous care to get you invested in the ambiance of the of the show. And gosh, I I love Hill House so so much. Um, so good. I'm trying to think where we should take this next. Um, I've got all kinds of ones. I've got like Cartoon Network. I've got some PBS. I've got some good old Nick at Night. I've got some really really old school ones. Here, I got one that I feel pretty confident saying it is not on josh's list primarily because mm-hmm. i feel pretty confident saying neither of us watched this as a kid that being said it's music it's instantly iconic and we're just going yeah i can't complain that that's one of the best pieces of music ever and that's the intro to the lone ranger as soon as that music comes on you go that's Lone Ranger. You, you you just have that immediate recognizability. And I think that's a big part of what went into my list, at least, of one of it is nostalgia, yeah. but two is how instantly recognizable is it? Like, I don't know if it's on Josh's list now that he's been converted, but the Friends theme song. <laughs> you immediately know the Friends yeah. theme song, even if you don't know who sings it. Um, Lone Ranger is another one that even if you've never seen a single episode or haven't seen that god-awful movie, you know the theme for The Lone Ranger, and it immediately gets you hyped. It's just that... It's a weird comparison, but I know Josh will track with me immediately. The Lone Ranger theme is the perfect wrestler theme because it has that immediate punch. You're looking for music that immediately comes out of the gate, will generate that pop, and I think Lone Ranger has that. Granted, never watched it, but I know the music incredibly well. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And there's, and I think that's the, the thing about some, a good por- portion of these of what makes a good intro, is it has to be iconic, it has to be memorable, but it doesn't always have to be music and stuff like that. Like I do want to shout out, and this is only because they work it into a sentence every single episode. The invincible in quote unquote intro that is like literally a frame and a sploosh sound like it's just it's unique it doesn't they you're not here for the intro looking at it which we'll talk about later sometimes i feel i so there's some stuff on this list that's there because it's iconic but i think it's too big for its own good um but like it's quick Boom, you're done. Ha ha. And I get a laugh out of it because most of the time they slip it in as like a pun or like as in like the end of a sentence or something like that. Like, what do you think, kid? You think you're... And then like, ah, oh, that's funny to me. Like, that's so fun. Even if they take forever to come out with season two. And here, I, I, I don't blame them because season two is going to be tough <laughs> i know what's coming and i'm not sure people who haven't read the comics are ready me all right what else you got <laughs> um got to talk about phineas and ferb yeah i had uh, that one so uh dude. I, I have a bone to pick with phineas and ferb though is when i was doing research for this i was like oh you know it'd be perfect is if there's 107 episodes of phineas and ferb there's not. There's a hundred and eighty-six. I mean, lot. good for you, Phineas and Ferb, for being like the longest-running Disney show. But it would have been perfect if you ended at hundred and seven episodes, because there's a hundred and seven days in summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to—is it end it or send it? Spend it. There we go. 
<laughs> and it just keeps going. Oh, it's so good. I you just can't it's go so wrong with fast, it. Fast too. It which uh, and because of that, so I'm gonna tie these in. You ready? Watch. So because of that and the great stuff. There's also one that kind of like starts a little slow, and then there's a section of it that picks up and leads you to the end. And that's Fairly Odd Parents, and like I keep can't tell me if you grew up with the show obviously you're gonna know it but like pink moose rubber goose like come on like there's just so much fun and i think that's something that the reason why maybe some of these cartoon network shows and these nickelodeon shows and disney shows kind of have something that's more memorable most probably because we're you know we saw them as kids so it's gonna have a nostalgic to them but they're also really really catchy and really well done and they're they they have like a theme as to what really the show is about jimmy neutron jimmy neutron jimmy Jimmy neutron Dude, it's better than the Planet Sheen. We don't talk about Planet Sheen. Planet <laughs> Sheen was a bad dream that we all had that we woke up from and don't want any memory of. Yeah. If anything, I wish there was a spinoff instead with Carl living in a llama monastery. A llama-stary. Yes. Or a lo- <laughs> There's a lot of like really weird stuff with Carl. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Him and Jimmy's um, mom live in a monastery with llamas. Dude, I was not going to go there, but we're here. So, <laughs> like, it's so odd, odd, too. Like, the fact that Jimmy's dad, like, legitimately... Jimmy uh, Jimmy and Timmy both have a, da- a, a dad that re- regrets having a child. Like, God, dude, I'm so sorry. Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. Jim Jimbo. <laughs> Good stuff, dude. Uh, um, do you have any other Nickelodeon ones? Because I have one big Nickelodeon one. Um, going down... Yeah, because, like, my list was, like, 35, so I'm just trying to shave off as much as possible. Um, technically, Avatar The Last Airbender is Nickelodeon. So... I thought about Avatar. I don't know. It's because... Maybe it's just, for me, after a certain point, I did start to skip it. Of, like... I don't blame you. Because, like, it's really good for, like, book one but then once you get into like book two and book three you're just like i know this already like a good a good tv show over time you'll notice in later seasons they'll like update the video playing in the intro and whatnot but avatar it's it's always long ago the four nations lived in harmony then everything changed when the fire nation attacked fire. and then Earth. you're just Air. like I, I get it i get it we've moved past this Aang has accepted his responsibilities and he's working towards being the avatar that we all need at the moment. Um, like it visually, it's really great, but after a certain point, I'm just like, okay, can we move on now? Now the other Nickelodeon one, the only other Nickelodeon one I have that I'm just like, well, obviously it has to be on my list. Drake and Josh, like that's just a classic. Like, come on now, now obviously, Josh Peck, no Drake Bell hasn't aged particularly well i mean no i was gonna make a bad joke there but we're just gonna leave that one alone yeah talk about tim allen's politics we're not gonna drag drake bell for the money i mean i mean it makes watching spider-man a lot harder nowadays yeah <laughs> but drake and josh is just a classic theme that's another one that it's nice to see it updated over time with the later seasons newer videos Drake and Josh do take a little bit of points away of later seasons when 
Josh lost the weight. His head still remained huge, and it looked kind of awkward. But Derek and Josh, you could still jam out to it still to this day. That's back when there was a lot of good stuff. Like, Drake and Josh has a fantastic theme song. iCarly, as a follow-up, also has a really good theme song, but probably just not as good. Um, but also, I think I appreciate both Drake and Josh and iCarly now, even as an adult, because they really do just try and stick the worst possible puns in there, and I love it. Like, I will forever be a fan of Spencer and his horrible, horrible puns. I went to that religious donut shop down the street. Uh, Holios? No, Amazing Glaze. I'm going... Uh, and his, his Sako's cousin that is just... Oh, all those bad puns. Isaac's... Oh, yeah, I went to Isaac's cousin. He's an optometrist named Isaac. I'm going... <laughs> bad puns are great. But the Drake and Josh theme still jam to this day the only song that's better from drake and josh is when they did a cover of soul man from blues brothers i'm going yes that's that's instantly iconic right there so i think so i'll, I'll talk about i'll mention danny phantom because that's oh that that's a nickelodeon one that's so good and in true um, superhero fashion his first suit isn't the one that he sticks with yeah he didn't have the white d yeah so but i think hate you that we are not talking about the most iconic nickelodeon theme song net declassified uh spongebob squarepants my friend (laughs) oh no do you not like it do you not like spongebob no i think i can count on one hand the number of spongebob episodes i've watched i don't like spongebob uh, okay. I'll acknowledge that it's like one of the most famous theme songs. Like I could probably still sing it to you even by proxy, but I'm not a SpongeBob yeah. person. Never that's have been. I, uh, so it is on. I've seen like the whole first season, and that's probably in, in spots, bits and spots of uh, later on. But it's on this list because for that reason, Nate, that I think you can walk into a group of people that are about our age and go, "Are you ready, kids?" and Everybody will know. But even younger or even slightly older, probably, yeah. they'll still just know Absolutely. by proxy. Like the Pokemon yeah. theme. People just know that. Po- Pokemon. And I had those two. I had Pokemon <laughs> and, Dig- and Digimon on this list. There's no way. I don't think I know the Digimon one. Digimon. Digital monsters. Digimon. Digimon. Um, we're, we're clear. We are legally distinct. We just have to make that clear in every single episode. We are legally distinct. Please do not <laughs> copyright us. Okay, but like, uh, even then, <laughs> at, throughout the first season, I, I can't believe that this is turning into this conversation. But um, throughout Yu-Gi-Oh the first was better. season, they do definitely make it more distinct, and that the digital it's a digital world, it's separate, they're different, and they power up in different ways. They don't stay at their highest power level. Okay, anyway, I was always a Yu-Gi-Oh I, person. I, anyway. <laughs> That's fair. I I watched like that that all the way up until Yu Gi Oh faced Pegasus towards the end of that first season. I think. Yeah, that's and the first like, season. I'm like, all right, cool. That's all I needed. I don't need anything else. No, I watched the full run and then wa- tried watching one of the spinoffs. It was like Yu Gi Oh GX or something like that. And I'm just like, nah. Some of the spinoffs are they're okay. There's yeah. No, I watched not, no. most all of the Yu Gi Oh uh, and then sold yeah. like all my cards for twenty bucks in college. And going, I probably could have gotten more money out of that, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't know so, my finance. Are we uh we gonna talk about uh, good old Cartoon Network now? Or... Oh yeah, 
I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got quite a few Cartoon Networks, but from various time periods. Okay. Okay. Technically, I guess I'm. I've got. Nah, I'm not gonna pretend that. Or like, if <laughs> I have one, I've got different incarnations of one. Like, honestly, any Scooby Doo intro is a good Scooby Doo intro. I was mm. raised on Scooby Doo. The only one that might be a little weak is like the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. I will. A pup named Scooby-Doo is not as good as I remember as a kid, but a pup named Scooby-Doo's intro is still awesome to this day. As a kid, though, I would watch anything even remotely branded Scooby-Doo. So, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? Like, that's the instantly iconic one. However, let's talk about the the real best Scooby-Doo. The real best Scooby-Doo theme song is What's New Scooby-Doo. That's (laughs) that's still my jam to this day, going, oof, yes, this will get me hype to solve... Very oddly specific and bizarre mysteries that a high schooler could solve for some reason that cops can't, but it's okay. I mean, that's not that. That's not that. That's far off. I mean, when you think about it. <laughs> also, what was it with with the '60s having oddly specific teenage crime solving? Because it around that time it was Scooby Doo, Hardy Boys, and Nancy Drew. I'm going. Was there a trend here? But. Any any Scooby Doo intro is a good intro to me as a Scooby Doo fan. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen like the newer stuff to know if like Mystery Inc. or uh, I feel like there's another one that people bagged on for a while. Uh, if those were as good, but Scooby Doo, where are you? And what's new, Scooby Doo? I mean, if I want to get touched Gravity... in nostalgia, I will listen to those. Uh, Gravity Falls is technically a mystery show. Yes, and that's that. That's I got a pretty good intro as well. Mm, I never I seen haven't... it though, so. Honestly, I think you'd like it a That's lot. That's what people keep Honest. telling me. I I need to go through and finish it completely. That and Steven Universe are the two that I need. Like I I kind of in my head have marked as ones that I really really want to watch. Um, <laughs> and honestly, the Amazing World of Gumball is hilarious, and I I I think one of my a little off topic here, but like one of my favorite things to do is watch Amazing World of Gumball out of context clips, and it's the best thing in the world. And like it's one of those like, because it's one of those shows where like even in context, I don't know if this would make sense, and I'm so happy about it. So what's weirder, um, Amazing World of Gumball or Adventure Time? Amazing World of Gumball. I I and I have Adventure Time on here in part. And that's more for me than anything else. I I have not watched the whole show, but I remember very vividly when it was like two or three episodes on YouTube and that was it. It was not a show picked up by Cartoon Network or anything else. And then it got picked up by Cartoon Network and they got to do a whole into the whole like intro to the show. With with the come on grab your friends like God, it's so such a good intro and it's like you get visually you get an introduction to everything that you're going to be seeing and it's just it's such a great show but no Gumball's definitely weirder because like just on the, the fact alone that they never stick with the same animation from character to character it's all you could they. They, you can legitimately have a 2D animated character sitting next to a 3D animated character in the same scene interacting with each other. And it's so wild. Huh. So Dude, I'm assuming you've got more Cartoon it's... Networks, too. Oh, obviously. Uh, Samurai Jack. Because, God, like, let's go back. Samurai Jack is so good. Um... <gasps> oh, oh, that just... What you got? 
It's not on my list, primarily because I never watched it, but I remember going, I might watch this show just for the theme song. And Josh was probably going to connect on this one. I don't know if it's even on his list. This is going to be a oddly specific for people of our generation and probably no one else because this show did not last very long. But Code Lyoko. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude. Like, I love that show. I need to get a, get find out if, if it's somewhere so I can watch I just it. Just dug like, that out so of the recesses of my brain. Well, like, like, during that time, though, like... Code Lyoko, Codename Kids Lab, Next Door, Codename Kids Next Door, uh, uh, oh geez, Foster's um, Home for Imaginary Friends, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Chowder, The Adventures of Flapjack, like Ben just, Ten, Ben Ten, oh, OG Ben Ten was like mm. primo. That was one that I watched with my dad. That and Avatar, he liked both of those. Ben Ten, such a good concept too. Ed, Ed and Eddie, I just hello, Ed, so, like. First of all, I don't care who you are. Like, the Eds and I would be, like, best friends. Yes. Like, how everybody else in that show are actual, like, not really fun people to be around. They're very generic and boring. I'm sorry. You want to you wanna get in on, Ed, on Double D's new scheme to get more gumballs? Yeah, I'm here. Let's go. The problem is the Ed and Eddie one is so good that it's ruined whistling for me for the rest yes. of my life. So whenever I hear... Ed, Ed, Ned. Whenever I hear the, <laughs> whenever I hear the, I just think Ed, Ed, Nettie. <laughs> oh, dude. And then two of my favorites would be uh, definitely Courage the Cowardly Dog, which the show alone, fantastic, creepy. I think so many people's like, intro to horror. Yeah, definitely. And then I think I was telling you about this before we got on. The Powerpuff Girls one, like, intro was one that I didn't know that I knew by heart. And now is like, like, sugar, spice, everything nice, everything for, like, oh, dude, it's so good. And it's such a great show, too. So that, that helps. Yeah. There's a couple Cartoon Network ones, though, that you're missing. Absolutely. I can't say, I can't do all of them. Because there's one in particular that I'm going, oh, how has he not said this one yet? When there's trouble, you know who to call Teen Titans. Teen t- you get bonus points for me if you have variations of your theme song. And Teen Titans, yes. you always knew when it was a big episode, and the creators specifically made this, of like any major event episode would be the Japanese version. And even as a kid, you're going, I don't know what they're saying. Actually, I do because I know it in English. You're going, you're not, you don't mind that it's in Japanese. It's, I think that's a lot of people, a lot of kids of our generation's intro to anime was that art style and that very much Japanese influence of Teen Titans. Even though if you look at Teen Titans comics, there's really not of correlation. Yeah. They're very, very different. But Teen Titans is such a good song. Such a good, oh, I'm getting hyped because it's, it's exciting, but it's a little dark too. It's got great buildup. Um, Better than as much as I, got, I like oh. Teen Titans go to the movies, it's it's better than Teen Titans Go's theme. It's just Yeah. Mm. I've got I've got it got into my head now. Like, oh, it's so good. It's a sh- and like it created a character that I've always wanted to see now with uh with X. X is so cool. Like Red I X. love just dude. Such a cool character. Now he's I, now he's canon in the comics too. No way, really? Mm-hmm. In Teen dude. Titans Academy. Yep. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I have two more. Oh, uh, I have two more for Cartoon Network because they're. Oh. They could be. Okay. No, I've got two more for Cartoon Network. I've got plenty more. I've got two more for okay, Cartoon Network. Like, oh no. <laughs> that I can very easily lump together. 
because they're both Batmans. Obviously, Batman the Animated Series is one of the greatest animated series of all times. And I think a big part of that is the intro. Like, I remember every day, 4.30, dun, 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 dun. And you see the, uh, actually... You see the two guys robbing the bank. You see the explosion. Yep. Then you see the fire from the Batmobile light up. Goes. He drives off. Not a single word is spoken. Just great fluid action. Amazing music. But where would I be? I'm sure Josh would be pissed at me if I didn't bring up the multiple intros, actually, because I think they change it every season for The Batman. Dude, the first the season was a little creepy. Dude. The Batman. Well, because it was cool, too, because they, they like, kind of, I don't know how to say this. They, like, create that, like, the Batman vocals around how it would sound if he, when he revs up his, the, the Batmobile at the same time. It was just so cool. I mean, that show alone is really awesome, and I don't know. Except for its Bane. Yeah, the Bane was a little weird, but I like it better than than uh dark knight rises you like anything better than dark knight rises yeah yeah um during that time though that uh that there was that teenage human ninja turtles show that that was on that is still so good if you want me to melt in my seat that's how because i i genuinely almost put it on this list because in terms of theme songs that i've heard the most it's probably that because i listened to it both on the show but I had the Game Boy Advance game, and whenever you started the game yes. up before you could play, it would play the intro and you know, little 144p resolution on your little Game Boy Advance with like eight frames per second, and you're going, I don't care, it's close enough. And uh, it that to me is still definitive Turtles. I love that more than the 80s one. The 80s one is kind of dated, but oh, that yeah. intro for the 2001 well, is so, so good. So good, because they did like several seasons on on just like them in new york current timeline whatever and then they have a whole couple seasons of them in the future and it's even cooler ah you say that just because what's his face is there the bunny rabbit guy i mean yeah but that's not that but like even then like giving like laser weapons to the turtles at the same time because toys it was i understand i understand okay but it was just so cool i need to i need to go find out where to watch that paramount plus god dang it somebody give me the login i I don't even have it i got it from my parents because they have they had cbs all access one of the only people i knew that had that yeah no i would dang i might how how much is that that's like 15 Mm, i think it's like 10 that's, that's pretty acceptable for a show that I know I'd watch all the way through. Yeah, it's all it's uh, all on there. So is uh, Little Bear, I think. I don't care about Little Bear. You shut your mouth! <laughs> uh, Little Bear is national treasure. Paddington can suck it. Little Bear is the true treasure <laughs> of America when it comes to fluffy bears. <laughs> um, so I've got two more um, Cartoon Networks. These are my last, last ones, and they're from the uh uh like adult swim end of of cartoon network and that's in of course rick and morty and south park south park is like one of the most cartoon network i believe that you they show it on adults at least i grew up watching it on on see i'm used to south park being associated with like comedy central and may i mean may i know they they show it on multiple but like i remember it with all that being said, South Park is 
iconic as like, God, come on, sit down to South Park. Didn't it? And I just remember like the Kenny section. Like, come on. Now, actually, so good. you bring up South Park is a perfect segue for me because this one of my favorite shows that's finally just now ending this year did an episode where they spoofed different styles of TV shows. And one of them was South Park. And as a kid, even then, I like understood it as South Park, but I didn't understand how good of a job they did at spoofing South Park for that episode until I'm an adult. I'm going, oh, wow. Arthur really did its homework. Because yeah. it's so weird to me that Buster's like, you know, let's go to the South Park world. But any kid that grew up watching Arthur or any kid in the 90s just knows the Arthur theme because public access television. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every day when you're walking down the street, it starts off slow. And then after, the people you meet. it starts slow. And by like God, 10 seconds in, you're just going hard. Man. And I said, hey, yeah. hey, what a wonderful time. <laughs> what a Oh, dude. And then that, the like, show gets ruined by chase? DW showing up. Oh, DW is the DW. Caillou of Arthur. Dude. Okay, but like also Cyber Chase. Cyber uh, Chase Between the Lions? Between the Lions, baby. Oh, bro. Oh, Cliffhanger dude, is my that's... favorite TV character of all time. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I love that. So good. And like, uh, Gwayne's uh, word. Fu- fu- fuzzy, fuzzy, was he? Fuzzy, was he? Was a bear? Fuzzy Wuzzy didn't get... Oh, just... Ah, dude, so good. So much good television. Gosh, public access. Oh, I have one other PBS one, actually. That oh. counts as multi-generational. It could be modern times. It could be when we were kids. Oh. It could be when our parents were kids, because it's that old. Let's okay. go down so it's not... to the street. Sesame Street. Oh, okay, that's fair. Sesame Street is one of those just, like, instantly iconic ones of genuinely any generation i know has grown up with sesame street my parents grew up with sesame street i grew up with sesame street my kids will probably well depends on what hbo max feels like doing with sesame street because it's (laughs) locked behind that paywall now um sesame street's just that like that welcoming hug of like come on come come just relax learn some things enjoy our fantastic puppetry don't get too close to elmo have fun yeah, <laughs> I which is crazy because we're talking about like public access, and we talked talked about Arthur, talked about Cyber Chase and, and Sesame Street, and I think the one that we haven't talked—I mean, outside of Reading Rainbow, um, yeah, Reading also, Rainbow. But don't take my word for it. Oh, so good. The Bob uh, Ross is theme the, is the other one about a very specific guy. He uh he does science and Bill his Bill, name's Bill 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 Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> dude I just I listened I was going through like just listening to themes and stuff like that and that came up and I was like Bill no the science like instantly just hyped like yeah science let's learn some science baby you're right like I need hey, oh, great dude, show I need a funnier die crossover with Bill Nye the yes. science guy and Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Yes, science. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, that's something I do now. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, dude, great. Yeah, team, Mr. Though. Nye. Let's make dude. that. <laughs> and like Bill's like giving him a 
things to advice on how to make it like make meth. I make it as pure as possible. Like yeah. <laughs> We're going for ninety nine today, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I God, am the dude. one who science is. <laughs> no. No. Alright, so like I guess that kind of launches us pretty well into the live action space of intros, I I feel like anyway. Um do you, you do you have any other cartoon ones that you uh, want to I have to? one more cartoon one that will make you very, very happy. Happy, happy, happy. Calling Buzz Lightyear the galaxy's oh, greatest yes. hero. Did you forget about that one, or are you saving that for later? I know. I genuinely, I genuinely like. I don't mean to, but I forget about Star Command because it's been so long. I never I'm... forget about Star Command. Star <laughs> Command lives in here, and I'm still <laughs> pissed that it's not on Disney Plus. What are you doing with your life? I know John Lasseter wasn't a big fan of the show, but his opinion doesn't matter anymore. He's not with you guys because. Well, but there's also a lot weird of hugs. crap. Huh? There's also still a lot of crap on, on Disney Plus that's not good. So it's like, I don't understand. Whatever. Dude. I need Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and I need Famous Jet Jackson on Disney Plus because Buzz Lightyear of Star Command's intro alone is worth the price of admission. Um, like you get the way too enthusiastic narrator, which now thinking about it as an adult, I wouldn't be surprised if that Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is very much just like a Flash Gordon type of homage with how like overly dramatic it is, like those old school sci-fi specials. Mm -hmm. uh, but you just get hyped every time. You get the great narrator, skilled, courageous, and ever vigilant, leaping into action, Buzz Lightyear hurdles to the rescue. And then once you get Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, dun, 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 like the, you're going, oh, wow, they're going extra hard on this music yeah i need to watch this episode i'm gonna sit here and i binge a whole day of buzz Lightyear of star command just for this music alone it's just that good and disney plus get your life together man you have timon and pumbaa on your service that that had a few good jokes i need buzz Lightyear of star command there's so much to like the tarzan show was so good and, just, Ooh. and you can't find that anywhere like that's not on disney internet, plus no as far as anybody it's not it is not Tarzan and Jane. Like it was a no. A Tarzan and Jane was the was the crappy sequel. Yeah, no. It's it's a different. It's like a, its own show. To my knowledge, it does not exist anywhere on huh. the, on the internet. So I don't know how that works. Also, whatever. honorable mention to Out of the Box. Yeah, good stuff. Or like, okay, like here's the, I I I know we're not talking about. Uh, old shows we're just doing intros right i have but, i have two very old shows but like but no like I, i'm trying not to go down a nostalgia trip here like, oh my mine way overshoots nostalgia for two of these <laughs> but like like shows like cubics and and like bill and mandy uh Gr bill and mandy's grim adventure like uh, dude there's well, um, 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 Shaolin Showdown. Like, there's just so oh. much you can. Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. Jackie Chan Lucha. Adventures. Oh my gosh, how did we forget? I Jackie didn't. Jackie Chan Adventures is like literally one of the best animated shows of all time, and I will sing its praises. Even I, as a kid, though, they're just like Jackie Chan voices himself. I'm going, that's not Jackie's voice. Jackie got stuff to do. <laughs> 
It ain't this. Yeah. That's not Jackie's voice. I know Jackie's no. voice, and that ain't it. It doesn't help but when you're just close. like, this is Jackie's voice. And then you get the actual Jackie Chan at the end of every episode when kids ask Jackie a question. And he's like, this is what – it's like doing stunts. This is my worst injury. And you're like, I just heard you for half an hour. That's not you. <laughs> that's not you at all. But no, like that. that's also – oh, dude, yes. There's just – like what happened? Oh, dude, the X-Men theme. How did we forget mm-hmm. that at, at intro was fantastic? Or ninety well, Spider Man, right? dude. Oh, or gosh. spectacular Spider Man, spectacular, spectacular Spider Man, Spider Man. <laughs> Nerd. It's oh, it's man. a good one. I I was avoiding it, it for a while because of Ultimate Spider Man, my love of that. But spectacular Spider Man is yeah. good too. All right, I've got There's only live other... action left. Yeah, same. Wait. Yeah. Same. Well, except for the Simpsons. I have the Simpsons on this list because it is kind of... It's, it's iconic. Kind of the most, I'll say that. It's like, well, yeah, one of the most iconic uh, intros that on for TV, like, ever. I mean, it has, what, like, almost 100 seasons or something like that? Almost 100 seasons? I'm looking at this up. Hold on. I did see a stat about the Simpsons, I think it was a day or two ago, that Simpsons has now been running for five decades. 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, and I'm going... Oh gosh. Okay. So maybe you should yeah, have, you know, not... maybe you should have ended it a while ago. Uh, it's uh, forty-three yeah, seasons. Uh, thirty-three. Oh wow. Thirty-four. It's re- it reached its six hundredth episode in two thousand sixteen. Wow. Maybe you should Whoa. die. Hold on. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. We're on our way. Cool. That's just crazy, though. That's that's so many seasons when you think of, sit down and think about it. So, all right. Let me get two of these out of the way that I feel like will be our oldest shows that we talk about today, unless Josh okay. has something really, really old. So, I okay. didn't grow up a scary movie person. That that evolved to what it is now via college and watching ho- Halloween. But there's still some mildly spooky stuff or essence of spooky that I watched as a kid. So I'm gonna lump these two together because. A lot of people are like, are you this or are you that? I'm both. I'm both a fan of the Munsters and the Addams Family. Both yes. of them. I think the Addams Family is more classic. Everyone knows the... Like, everyone knows the snaps by heart, and everyone knows the... More or less knows the words of the creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky. Altogether, kooky, the Addams Family. The Munsters, on the other hand, there's no real words for that. But it, you you still know the... Dun, 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 I can't wait for Rob Zombie to ruin that with heavy guitar and metal riffs off of that. Aggressive, aggressive screaming and drums going, look at my wife, she's in this movie. Um, But both, I don't, I don't, I don't know what Rob Zombie's like. I don't know either. I don't. I have faith in him enough that he won't ruin this completely. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just like every every Rob Zombie movie at some point goes. Look, this is my wife, and she's hot. <laughs> like going, at sh- some point. At some point, you just pat him on the back on. Okay. We know, buddy. We sure. Know. Congratulations, man. <laughs> but- All right, I'm gonna bring up a show that I don't particularly like, but I accept the fact that the intro is iconic and actually pretty catchy. In the Big Bang Theory, I'm not that big of a fan of the show because of the way that it treats nerd culture. 
Um, but gosh, dang, is that theme song catchy and iconic? And like, that's that's just it's just so good. Yeah, uh, Bare Naked Ladies really crushed that one of just the fast verbiage of it. I'm yes. going. Uh, this is impressive, even if Big Bang Theory does just go for the low hanging fruit of we'll make the nerd reference. We don't care if the nerd reference is correct, but we'll make it. Like, hey, did you know in Halloween they just used an inside out William Shatner mask? I'm going. How was that allowed to be written on a TV show? Because what's the what's the meme? Outstanding. Every word that you just said is wrong. That was the single <laughs> dumbest idiotic thing I have ever heard. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. This is why, like, Macaulay Culkin was never on the show. Like, they offered to him several times, and he's like, no, like, I've read the script. I'm good. That and good. he had to sober up at the time. I'm only there's that too, but still. But now, now he's super, super cool. He was just on Freddie Prince's podcast. Um, Macaulay's an interesting dude. Uh, here's one that I don't think Josh likes. I like most of this show, even if the show is the prime example of biting off way more than you can chew. Game of Thrones. Even if mm. no one has ever seen a single episode of Game of Thrones, you know the dun 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 And for better or for worse, the next month or so, I'm going to be listening to a lot of Game of Thrones music because the composer of Game of Thrones is the one doing the music for Uncharted. So I'm going to no. be like, what do you bring to the table? I'm not complaining about that. I wish it was Henry Jackman. But the Game of Thrones does have good music. And also, Josh... Before you go, oh, it's the same guy that did the music for Pacific Rim, and that music. Yeah, I know that music's a banger. I so here's here's my issue. I, I, I mean, Season I have my eight? whole up, have all my my opinions of the show, blah blah blah. I understand that because of its place in in our culture, Game of Thrones, and the intro is very iconic, and I, you know, and all of that. However. I do think it's a little too big for its own britches. I why do I need to see sit here for a minute watching your intro? I would get me into the show, man. I'm here for the show. It's one of my issues with like I don't know one of the other uh, several other uh, like ones that are left on this list. I just like I accept the fact that the that it's iconic, but like. <sighs> It's like the the it's the one thing that I will always agree with CinemaSins on is like, geez, Marvel, how long is your logo going to be? Like, how much longer can you make your logo? Like, just guys, we're not here to watch your intro. We're here to have a good to, to be like, yeah, all right, we're into the show. Let's go and not spend five minutes watching you animate a bunch of stuff look at our moving map it's cool don't get me wrong the first but like like two or three seasons and then you're just like yeah then i'm kind of with you first season i'm over it honestly they i understand they change it they add stuff to it that's cool but it's still the same thing over and over and over again it's yeah it's whatever i understand i just don't like it I got two more, so I'm sure you're going to need to bang out a whole, whole bunch here. <sighs> okay. Two of the shows that are kind of going the same line of how I feel about um, about the Game of Thrones intro. Uh, Walking Dead. I, that show should have ended at season three. 
guarantee it. I'm sorry. It should not have been kept going. I understand there's more comics, and I would be behest to say that I'm probably at some point going to collect those comics. But, like, stop! It's iconic. It's cool. But I don't want to sit here and listen to that for a minute. A minute and a half straight. Just like, because usually they do a little cutoff, they do a little cliffhanger right before, and they're like, alright, and intro! It's like, I... I understand that's how, that's how you do television, but um, I don't know why I just turned into like this grumpy old man, <laughs> but I just, I don't like Walking Dead in general. Um, one of the ones that I do, I, I don't like all of the seasons, but I appreciate that they always try to liven it up and do something fresh is with uh, American Horror Story. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's different every season, and so you get a different intro every season. But I think after a bit, you kind of do get this like, oh, okay, so this is what this this season's going to be about. I wonder how they're going to do the intro. And it's not too long. It's entertaining. The show, the seasons are kind of give or take sometimes. Definitely, it's definitely obvious. I think the fans in general have a consensus of which seasons are better, and that's fine. But it was always fun to try to be like, okay, cool. What are they going to do with the intro this time around? Like, that's to me, that's a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's see. I'm down to four. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you ever watched it, but it's, it wouldn't be surprising if you if if you knew that I watched it. But the Vikings intro is is very very good. Um, short, sweet, to the point, gets you amped. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, I, wow. I see you rolling Didn't your see eyes. that one on this list at all. <laughs> um, let's do, and then before we get into your, yours, uh, because I didn't realize how, like, how much of, like, a space it occupied in my brain until I heard it when I was doing some kind of research and stuff like that for the topic. Uh, the Sherlock, the BBC Ooh. Sherlock theme. I, for, like, I... First of all, I might go back and rewatch that show because it's so. I always forget how good it is. I still have a but, bone to pick with Sherlock. They released the first season in 4K and it looks outstanding on like yes. 4K physical. They had never released any of the other seasons and it still bothers me because everyone knows season two is the best season. So, yes. also with Sherlock, uh, Heather and I took one of our friends to see spider man no way home again so my fourth time seeing it her third time and she leans over to me in the theater when he gets to dr strange's office um office sanctum sanctorum and they start playing some of the of the music for dr strange and she leans over and goes so why does dr strange's music sound like the sherlock music and i'm going because <laughs> now i'm yeah. never gonna be able to hear anything else because the the um, guitar part of it. I'm just going. It does sound like Sherlock. <laughs> Dang it! But no, the Sherlock's one is so, so good. good. Everything about so that show, good. except for season four, is magnificent. But even then, like season four is still good. It's just not as good yeah. as the other season. Is a thing. It it it's yeah. Such such a good show. Great intro. Uh, yeah. Hit me with with one of your last two, and you can go into this. Uh, well, I'll save the one that I'm sure Josh knows what that what I'm saving for last yeah, will be. Yeah, no way. But the other one that I'm going, well, basically any kid from the 80s or 90s, if you want to get a whole room of them singing together in unison, 
in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's also the best one of the best TV shows I can think of in terms of you immediately know what the story is and what the backstory is going into every yeah. single episode. They do a very good job of condensing down the um the basically what you need to know to get you up to speed on every single episode. Now the real question is you can judge people of do you know the TV version or do you know the full version? Do you know the version where he's on the plane, where he's hitting on the flight attendants, like the version yeah. that doesn't make it onto every episode, except for like maybe the pilot, I think. But Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that was a lot of people's intro to Will Smith. And that, yeah. I think that goes a long way into us and in being endeared to him. Fresh Prince is just such a good jam. And you get a whole bunch of white people that think they can rap because they know the Fresh Prince version, basically. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing in the long run, but... Yeah, like, but, is like, a but also there's there's a lot of episodes that still kind of resonate today. And oh it's, yeah, it's really really cool, which is crazy for a show that was made way back then. How how prevalent it still is, but yeah, one of the most iconic um, intros of all time. Um, I will see your Fresh Friends of Bel Air, and while I am still all to this day iffy about the show, the Office theme is iconic like you can't Even if you've never seen it you know it yeah exactly like it's it's not particularly a show that like i love i know people that binge it all the time and i get that good for you i because i know somebody else who uh <clears throat> has a show he's about to talk about that binges it all the time not as much as so you think like, yeah okay what I, like once every couple of months i haven't watched it in at least three days when i was building legos i'll have you know <laughs> Because I found the Robert Pattinson Batmobile as a Lego and I bought it and I built it. Ooh. I built it and it's got shooting missiles. I'm a 28 year old man. I was like, you're not old, as old as I am, buddy. No, There's no, no. way. I, I, <laughs> I math. I math. I, I math so good. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, since I know what yours, your ending one is, uh, do you want me to go ahead and finish out my list then, buddy? Yeah, do it. Okay, uh, that '70s show has one of the best intros in my mind mm -hmm. because, hey, the show has always felt like you're on an adventure with your friends. That these characters do, even into the middle of season one, become your friends, and so the intro becomes like this moment in of like, oh, I I just sing along with my friends then, like now just hang it out, like so good. Um, I just I can't I I literally I think that '70s show is next to Scrubs. It's gonna be it's those shows that if it's on, I will absolutely watch it. I thought about I putting think Scrubs. Quote it so much. I thought about putting Scrubs, but Scrubs has great music. The theme song is not one of them. No, I it think is Superman not. is just. Eh. I don't even think it really fits the show perfectly well. No, I think there's better songs that Scrub the Scrubs playlist for lack of a better term is really really well done i like the music a lot of times on the show i just don't think superman's it um yeah and obligatory hey did you know the x3 is actually backwards yes yes we all know that <laughs> i'm no superman but see like that still works i think <laughs> so good i but yeah that 70s show 
is super good. I'm kind of interested because they have kind of announced that there are going to be some that 70s show people coming back for that 90s show. We'll Which see hopefully will be better than that. that 80s show. That was not a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Just like Scrub <laughs> Season 8. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And I stand by this. Scrub Season 8 would be good if it was on its own show. It if it was a spinoff, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the the show that we totally didn't sing earlier in the, in the episode. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I know that you know. <laughs> because I'm not telling the truth. Because I don't care that it's my favorite show of all time and I'm biased. The Psych theme song is one of the <laughs> best theme songs ever, primarily because of how they implement it. One, it's the intro for the show. But two, depending on the episode is depending on the version of the theme song that you get. So say there's a mystery involving an acapella group, Quarter Black, if you will. They will have boys to men sing an actual acapella version. Or say if you get Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears in your episode, you actually get Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears to sing the intro for your song. Or you have horror-themed episodes, you have a horror spin on your theme song if you've got a christmas episode you've got a christmas version of it um you get a superhero episode you have more of a dramatic and epic version um you get a bollywood episode you have a bollywood style version of your theme the fact that they change it up and don't stick to the same one is always entertaining to me and it's just a song that makes you happy it's a good feel good song that it's if you're a psych fan, and even if you're not, and you've only seen a couple, it's hard not to at least like be bobbing your head during a song, going, "Okay, I'm caving in to the '80s pop culture references and cheesy, dumb fun." Um, yeah, it's just such a good, catchy song. That's now that we've spoken it into existence, it's gonna be stuck in my head the rest of the week. But I'm not complaining <laughs> about that. Yeah, can't blame you, man. I think, and what's interesting is. I don't think you introduced me to it. No, you said you had seen some in college. Maybe Neslo introduced it it to you. Maybe. I don't know how I came across it. But, yeah, it's it's crazy that, like, that is a show that you and I definitely, like, bonded over. Like, I think, at the end of the day, I think it's very odd to think how much TV shows have impacted on our lives. I feel like TV shows have impacted us more so than like like maybe movies i I, see that's tough like you spend a different amount of time with him yeah no i'd agree Uh, but i think the thing with psych was always that you did get to go on an adventure with sean and gus every episode and then they did make a visible effort to kind of progress character wise throughout the show so it, it did like god it's such a great show and like the 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 um the intro is in, it's not you can't skip it it's no just i've never once intro. skipped it it's just it's too so good. good it's a happy so song good. it's too good and i think i've always said psych resonates with so many people and why there's so many psych fans is everyone knows at least some people in their own lives that they can see on the show because everyone wants to me everyone wants the relationship of like a sean and gus sean and gus is what jd and turk should have been if jd wasn't so self-absorbed like sean is self-absorbed but he knows when to reel it in and be mature 
JD becomes so intolerable by the end of Scrubs, whereas Turk actually yes. makes an effort to grow and mature as a person, and he's the only one that you actually, besides sometimes Dr. Cox, you can actually buy as a believable parent and has grown as a person. Sean and Gus, yeah. you could definitely see some people in your own life like that. Um, it's just... Also, I that was a show that I was watching with my family. I always enjoyed it because it was, for the most part, always a pretty clean show. We never had to worry about what was going to be on it, and we always knew we could laugh hard yeah. at it. And it's funny, of as I get older episodes that i didn't like as a kid i love now like there's one that they spoof friday the 13th i mm-hmm. did not like that one as a kid because i didn't like horror i watch it now it's one of the best episodes they ever did because the little touches that they do are so perfect of yeah. um they'll get the regular like um tv cameras but then as soon as sean and gus arrive to this iconic like, camp it immediately gets like 50% more desaturated and they add a level of film grain and I'm going, oh, I didn't even notice that touch the first time. Um, well, and like there's a there's an episode I vividly remember where like it like has a spy aspect to it. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I okay, literally cool. just watched that one while I was making yeah, my Lego. Where, uh, I'm a grown man. Mar- uh, Marie from Jason Bourne yep, pops up. Yep, that's the one I just watched. I was like, Oh, dude, this is so cool. This is so fun. And I liked how for a long time it was, you didn't know who, well, they did kind of like quote unquote themed episodes for a while. Yep. And, but like, it was so much fun because they, the themes were so broad. You wouldn't know who was going to show up. It was just, and ah, anyone was, was fair game. Show. Tim yeah, Curry absolutely. showed up. Tim Curry's still the best guest star they ever had. Pretty Prince Jr. as freddie prince jr basically <laughs> yeah it carrie washington before she really blew up to the big name that she is now um but the the show really just starts the pace off the bat with a fantastic theme song that honestly will probably never be topped it's just so it fits the show so perfectly of irreverent dumb doesn't take itself too seriously it's just good mm-hmm. fun um any last minute ones that you think we missed josh I mean, dude, you and I could sit here and talk about like uh, WB, uh, WB Kids, t- like those those Saturdays of just fantastic cartoons. That Animaniacs. Animania. Oh, Looney Tunes, like all these different kinds of, of intros. But no, like we, we'd be here for hours talking about those shows. Um, I think there was one like uh, Criminal Minds comes to mind. That, 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 but like, I could never tell if I liked the show more or the, I, than the intro. The intro was fine. I think one of the ones that's always iconic is uh, CSI Miami, but that's got a bunch of jokes that go with it. Um, There's well, one you, that you, I forgot we yeah. haven't talked about yet. That it's not oh. a very long intro, but as soon as that first note hits, I know specifically you and I will always have a big smile on our face. The intro theme for Young Justice. Yes, absolutely. As soon as that Which first guitar rift hits, on. that first yeah. guitar rift hits and you're going, oh, I'm in for a good time, except if it's season four, in which case it's very hit or miss. They're doing yeah. story arcs and I don't fully enjoy the story arc parts because it, it's like you're spending four full episodes with a group of characters and not seeing anybody else, whereas I like Young Justice for the interrelationship stuff. Of I like the player characters playing off of each other. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, I honestly haven't watched an episode since uh, Fandom. So we'll, we will see. I, I need to, dude, there's so much stuff I need to watch. Ah, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'll dive in. But yeah, like this, I think ultimately the goal, and I think something that a lot of the OG shows that you and I grew up with, the, the important part about a intro is always that, like you, like we hear the certain notes of the intro and we're like, oh, dude, that instantly brings back just as many memories as someone would be like hey man do you ever watch batman at the animated series but like the intro hits just as hard as memories about the show itself so i just dude i i think this talk if anything has shown me that tv has affected my life more than i think i i, I realized and the movies maybe aren't i mean they're still a big part of it but especially like if you ever count anime there's certain animes that i watch that that always hit a note for me and i can always just have like a flood of nostalgia and stuff like that for for just from the intro alone oh yeah there's a lot of my personality that i think more comes from more of the tv shows that i watch than the movies um i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing nah, yeah <laughs> what are you guys like what are some of your all-time favorite tv theme songs or intros of all time let us know in the comments below always like came from you guys and as always if you like what you hear and you want to hear more subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to it's on whether it's itunes spotify google podcast youtube and if you haven't already subscribe to us on youtube at uncharted media help us get to 700 subscribers by the end of the year that's our goal for this year and as always stay sharp movie guys and gals